Now let's take a look at the bigger picture. Matt Lloyd's with us, Chief Investment Strategist at Advisors Asset Management. What are your takeaways? Uh, this is a winning week, but we've had hot inflation prints, the CPI, the PPI. Um, we are still seeing many things that are still showing strength. I mean, the, when we see, for example, jobless claims still under 200,000 weekly claims five weeks in a row, um, it just shows that, you know, the Fed still has its work come out for it. Yeah, I think that's a great, a great point, is it really is the true consternation if we want to uh, pull back to what Alan Greenspan, this is probably the true conundrum, battling the inflationary aspect to the overall growth aspect. And, and again, the job market just keeps persisting. And, and it's not even just so much the jobs unemployment rate, but it's also the stickiness of wages that creates and makes this a little bit more problematic. And, and I think what you have to do is take a look at what's happening now in the Fed funds terminal rate, because we have what's called the four P's that we were looking for, peak inflation and peak rates, a pause, and then a pivot in rates and then ultimately patience, because what we know is markets still get hit during that time frame. What these job reports and inflationary reports really mean is we actually have to project, adding another P in there, a little bit more forward. So the slowdown looked like in the summer of this year, probably it's gonna be later in the year, although it might be more like rolling economic brownout, so to speak, where we have good months, bad months, good quarters, bad quarters for the foreseeable future. But what we see is the ability for the Fed to control and try to get inflation under control is really going to be depending on them to having destruction in the demand side. And that's ultimately what the history has shown us. So you have to be a little bit aware of the, not only the Fed, but where the projection is moving forward. And so do you think the Fed, obviously most people are thinking a rate hike in March, um, could they even get aggressive and say 50 basis points? We had at least one Fed speaker today say that they had considered 50 basis points on the last round. And do these rate hikes go into summer? Yeah, I think actually if you look at the, what the Atlanta GDP now forecasts, about 2.5%, you're starting to see they have a, a longer runway as far as inflation goes. So 50 basis points is definitely on the table. Would argue that's probably right because of what the 10-year has done and what the Fed funds projections are. I think we were at five and a quarter on a terminal rate here up until a few weeks ago. Now you're starting to see the San Francisco Fed have a proxy Fed rate of 6% on the terminal. And that's not including the Taylor rule, which is much higher than that, which we would discount at that. So even if we put 55 to 6%, you have more room to raise rates. And they think the economy maybe can absorb it until it can't. And that's traditional with what they have been. So what we would say to investors is they not only will raise rates, but you have to be ahead of it as far as what happens. It's kind of like the, when Noah built the ark, he did it before the first raindrop. In this case, you want to look at quality, you want to look at cash flow predictability and value across the board, whether that's internationally or domestically. So you're still a fan of value, it sounds like, right, versus growth. I mean, what do you say to the folks who have already made a pretty penny in growth? Take cash in now and move to value, and what kind of value are you talking about? Yeah, so I think what we've learned in the last 15 years, but we have to keep relearning is, Portfolios need to have multiple contingencies in them. You know, we talk about uncertainty and the rise of geopolitical, the globalization, if you will, not so much globalization anymore, the just in time being removed out of the marketplace. So in a whole, when you look at multiple contingencies, it is a, a proper case for diversification. So we're not all out of growth by any stretch. And, and there are some technology companies that can be seen almost as utilities. But for the most part is you're going to need to be more bright, uh, diversified, but also you're going to have to have more dynamic 
asset allocation moving forward because the expansionary cycle in elevated inflationary environments isn't a nine-year expansion cycle. It's actually half that. It's about four and a half to 4.8 years, which is going to cause people to be a little bit more dynamic, a little bit contrarian earlier than what people are used to. And the buy and hold may have some passive assets to it, but all in all, you're going to have to be more dynamic moving forward. Value, what we like in value, like in select financials, even the energy companies, materials. Uh, we look at a lot of the, uh, some of the healthcare sectors. We do like some of the uh, international sectors, select Europe, emerging markets in particular. Things that haven't performed well over the last, you know, overall decade, we think they're going to get more steam. And I, we think from a cash flow, predictability, and value base, that's a much better risk reward than just going all in on growth like we've been in the last 10 years. Right. I, so looking internationally, Europe, emerging markets, uh, China, Chinese stocks. Yeah, if you look at China, China has some long-term challenges, but make no moans about it. I mean, you have to understand that. But in the short term, not only the reopening, but we're seeing here a drain on our savings. We're seeing a drain on all the excess stimulus that we got. What you're seeing over there, if you go look at it, the, the amount of deposits relative to new loans has gotten wider and wider. So there's a lot more money being saved on that side, on the sideline in China. They're in one of the four central banks that are actually cutting rates. So in the short run, we think that they have a, a quite a bit of upside. It's not going to be linear by any stretch. But in the next several years, it looks like there's more upside on China. And again, it's a good place to be diversified, even if it's going to be a little bit stomach churning at times because of the volatility in their market. Right, understood. I mean, at this point now, what do you tell younger folks? Um, is there opportunity, for example, a name like Google that has just pulled back probably 10%, um, you know, do they, should they look to some of these names for the longer term? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's certain names that, that are there. They're more like utilities in technology. They're not the hyper, the old AMC type generated type trading mechanisms, you know, uh, but there are some long-term benefits of it. And you really have to shift outward what your long-term benefits and what your long-term expectations are. So with all the cash on the sidelines, like 4.8 trillion in money market funds and cash held by the uh, household deposits according to the Fed flow of funds, there's plenty of money on the sidelines. But if you're looking out five, 10 years, these are great opportunities, but I would be systematic and methodical about it. And that means basically plan out for the next year uh, what you want to do, maybe that's quarterly, start to allocate that money and be disciplined on that side. If there's a 10 or 15 percent correction, maybe it's a bit short lived and you probably allocate that time. But you're going to need to shift your expectations outward. And technology is still going to be a big part of it long term. They're just better times for entry. And I think we're at that stage for a little bit, but I wouldn't be jumping into the pool in a cannonball form, maybe dip my foot in uh, at this point. Right, understood. Thank you for all of that. Matt Lloyd, Advisors Asset Management. Thanks so much. Thanks, Nicole.